0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is a special Saturday edition of The Daily 202 from Des Moines, Iowa. A handwritten sign posted on the wall inside a Bernie Sanders campaign office here tells volunteers how to respond when people raise concerns about something that sets the senator apart from all of his presidential rivals— his identity as a socialist. The sign advises volunteers at the phone bank that if someone raises the S word when they call, they should try to be affirming and respond, quote, I get that. Labels can be intimidating, especially to those who are unfamiliar to us. It then encourages volunteers to respond that Sanders stands for, quote, social equality and equal opportunity for all. The sign says to tell caucus goers that Bernie wants healthcare and education systems and government more broadly to be reliable, accessible and effective. It concludes, quote, that's what he means by socialism. After that, volunteers are encouraged to, quote, redirect prospective supporters to other topics besides socialism. Just three miles across town from that office is where President Trump had his rally on Thursday night. He was eager to talk about socialism. In fact, he brought it up less than one minute into his speech, returning to the theme over and over for almost an hour and a half. Here's the president. This November, we're going to defeat the radical socialist Democrats that are right down the street. Outside of Trump's rally, my producer Ariel Plotnick and I interviewed about a dozen Trump supporters to gauge what they think of the Democratic contenders. Several brought up concerns that Sanders is a socialist, Mike Hughes, an IT manager from Waukee, explained that Sanders might be able to win the election if he figures out a way to tone it down. I asked how he could do that, and Hughes replied, (laughs) He's He's got to stop preaching free stuff. As Sanders closes in on a potential win in Monday's Iowa caucuses, and Trump sharpens a general election message designed to portray any Democrat who wins as a radical leftist, a heated debate is emerging over whether America is ready to embrace at least some aspects of socialism if not a socialist president. Sanders is portraying his agenda as a modern liberal movement. While Trump wants to conjure images of the old Soviet Union and oppressive foreign leaders like Nicolas Maduro and Fidel Castro, a senior administration official advises us that the president intends to return to the topic and hit it hard during his State of the Union address on Tuesday night. The conflict over socialism is far from settled, even within the Democratic Party. Joe Biden has been alluding to it more and more. Pete Buttigieg has said a socialist cannot win in November. Elizabeth Warren says the biggest difference between her and Bernie is that she believes in capitalism and he doesn't. Pressure on both fronts has prompted Sanders and his allies to mount an aggressive defense of his worldview and clarify his positions in the closing days before Iowa holds the kickoff nominating contest. Sanders' lead in recent polls has forced members of both parties to more seriously contemplate the possibility of something unusual a Democratic nominee who does not officially belong to the Democratic Party. Such an outcome could have far-reaching implications in the battleground states that will be fiercely contested in November. Sanders is unquestionably the most liberal candidate in the top tier of the Democratic field. He's long identified as a Democratic socialist, though he does seem to get more and more annoyed when he's asked about it than he used to. He says that Democratic socialism to him means requiring and achieving political and economic freedom in every community. He emphasizes, when he's asked about democratic socialism, the democratic part of it, to distinguish it from authoritarian socialism. Although he's officially an independent, Sanders does caucus with Democrats in the Senate and is pledged to support whoever the Democrats nominate for president. But he's distanced himself from party leaders more than his opponents have done, and he frequently lambasts the so-called democratic establishment. The tension was evident here yesterday in Des Moines at a coffee shop where Bernie's wife Jane showed up to campaign for him as he tended to his duties in Washington as a juror in Trump's impeachment trial. A Sanders supporter named Mike McKinley told Jane and her son from a previous marriage that a lot of people who like Bernie are grumbling to him about how he's not really a Democrat. The 68-year-old asked her what he should tell them. Jane Sanders claimed inaccurately that it's because Vermont doesn't have party registration. But this is bogus. Patrick Leahy, the state's senior senator, explicitly identifies as a Democrat. When asked after the event about Trump's attacks on socialism, Jean declined to engage us. Sanders' campaign officials said they aren't focused on labels, but on the issues that Sanders has been pushing as he tries to appeal to working-class people. Micah Utrecht, an editor at the socialist magazine Jacobin, who canvassed for Sanders two weekends in a row in Iowa, says that not one person at the doors he knocked on brought up socialism. Polls show that the word socialism remains largely unpopular, though how it's going to play among Democrats remains a more open question. A Fox News poll from December found 57 percent of Americans say they have unfavorable views towards socialism, while 32 percent have favorable positions. Fifteen percent say they couldn't say. But Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Sanders supporter and fellow self-identified Democratic socialist, has quickly become one of the most electrifying politicians in the country. The Democratic Socialists of America saw its membership increase dramatically after she, AOC, won that primary upset in 2018. Advocates say that the world is no longer gripped by the paranoia of the Cold War era and that younger voters are not put off by the idea as their parents and grandparents were. GOP officials said they're determined to portray the nominee as too far left, no matter who it is. They tried this in 2018, running the anti-socialist playbook with little success in several key House races where the candidate was a moderate. Nevertheless, there were a few key examples of success for the GOP with this issue. In Florida, where many Hispanic voters have roots in Latin American countries with a history of authoritarian leftist regimes, Andrew Gillum, the Democratic nominee for governor, fell in defeat amid strong attacks casting him as a socialist. Some of the ads featured footage of him stumping with Sanders. Some Democrats are concerned that if Sanders is the nominee, the prize swing state, the sunshine state, may be difficult to pry away from Trump's grip. Democrats are also worried that socialism could be a liability in some of the other battlegrounds. It bears noting here that Trump's own policies have led to charges of government intervention in the free market. For example, Trump diverted $28 billion in taxpayer money for a bailout program to help farmers from going bankrupt because of the trade wars that he started. During his rally here on Thursday night, Trump acknowledged the sensitive nature of that massive government bailout. The president explained why he uses his words carefully when he describes it. I won't call them subsidies. I made that mistake once with the farmers. I said to this group of farmers that came in, Subsidy. I used the word subsidy. That was the worst word. Sir, we don't want subsidy. Please don't ever use that word. I said, I won't, I promise. But we helped. Just as a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, socialism is still socialism, no matter what you call it. And that's The Big Idea. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. In 2020, America elects a president. The Washington Post is with you to unpack the ins and outs of the campaign with insight from our reporters on the ground. For complete election 2020 coverage, you can now subscribe to a podcast feed from The Washington Post. All our audio updates on the election will be in one place, including the latest from The Daily 202's Big Idea, Can He Do That?, and Post Reports, updated whenever news happens. Subscribe at washingtonpost.com slash podcasts or listen wherever you get your podcasts.